is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. Live. All right, welcome everybody to Schaefer Baseball Report. This is uh, kind of a special edition on Wednesday. Ray Special Torres, Andrew Wintool Zyke. We've got a great guest coming in today. Later on, we'll, uh, we'll bring him on in a few minutes. But uh, Pat Fensom, and uh, wait till you read this bio, Ray. It's a, it's a mental performance guy and um, coach, uh, 31 years military, Green Beret. So uh, wow. it's, it's – uh, but now he's he's dealing with um, with athletes from the NFL, organizations, NFL and MLB, um, and individual athletes, That's players, cool. and things like that. Yep. So we, uh, we got connected – I got connected – uh, through Dusty Wathen. Okay. Um, and uh, so obviously he's uh, Pat is now working with one of our players. Good. And Good. Uh, excited to uh, to dive into that because yes, it's a big too. piece of what we're doing. So um, went up to New York. When? This past weekend, man. Oh, nice. Four days. Yeah. My father was inducted into the Patchogue Medford High School Baseball Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. He's 83 years old. Wow. And uh, well-deserved. Um all ACC catcher. Okay. Oh, that Maryland left left handed hitter catcher at Maryland. All ACC did some damage there. Went on to play in the Dodgers organization, the Dodger rookies, and uh, you know had a good career. So it was really, um, I'm really, uh, I want to thank the the Patchogue Medford group, um, Anthony Rascogna, John Friend, who was a teammate of mine in high school, uh, you know, for stepping out and doing that because that was something that was important to our family and very important that. Uh, you know, my father got the recognition. That's cool. I mean, and if you think about it, all the years later, I mean, he was that know, is a long time in yeah. the fifties, dude. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, good trip. Got to hang out with some friends that I haven't seen in quite a while. Ain't and, good uh, food, I bet. Yeah. 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 My dad, where I grew up in Patchogue, it's it's like it's it's a hopping joint, man. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. That was, that was for real. That uh, was for real. Okay. Uh, serious, dude. We actually have to pay for parking in Patchogue on Main Street now. Really? Oh, nice restaurants, bars, <laughs> like heavy Italian but, or huh? Heavy Italian or what type of food? Well, I had I had so this is this is typical of me. I like I know nothing. I'm not cultured whatsoever, right? So I'm sitting down in this place called Parabella in Patchogue, and the lady next to me is eating this shrimp and mussels type of dish, and you know, so it's kind of loud or whatever. And I'm old, I can't hear, right? So I'm like, what is that? It's, she says the dish, and I said, oh great, I'm gonna order that. So the lady comes up, and she says, uh, what would you like? And I'd say, I like the seafood de Soto. <laughs> She goes, DeSoto? Like, yeah, the seafood DeSoto. What she has, she goes, that's risotto. <laughs> so uh, so I got the DeSoto risotto dish, which was outstanding. And um, just catching up with those guys. That's awesome. Saw the mom of uh, one of my one of my buddies who uh, recently had a stroke, old, you know. And uh, you know, our moms, those was raised us back then. It was different stories. You know, you'd go to their house and our mom would call their mom and say, oh. are they there? And different, uh, different things. So, um Good time. And then uh, my son, and uh, this is my grandson, uh, going down to Florida on Friday. The one that had open heart surgery. The oh, day after how's he doing? One years old this week. Amen. That's right? good. Crazy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, after everything that was going on, you think, you know, what it could have been and what it I turned know. out to be. And yeah. uh, so I'm really excited to see him and my granddaughter, Elliot Jean. Got to work out with my grandson for the very first time, like lifting weights. Aiden up in New York. Oh, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. What? what are you working out the one-year-old? So, What's going so, on here? Yeah. <laughs> typical, typical, typical. Like I, I don't know. Get just, some I'm, like, I'm disrupting my my grandkids. So we're working out, you know. And yeah. And uh, 
So I said, dude, there was a machine. I said, put your arm up on the machine. So he puts his arm <laughs> up on the machine. I said, now cross your ankles down here. Stand here like we're looking cool. He's like, okay, Poppy. You know, and then I said, now, like, look out of the side of your eyes and check out that chick over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what He's Jeff like, goes to the gym that, for. <laughs> all, no, so, so I sent a picture of Aiden to my wife, and she's like, who's the chick in the background? Oh, I'm my like, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right, so baseball season wide open. Yep. Wide open. Wide open now, right? Pros, Free pros agents. Been, like, uh, Bleacher Frickin'. Report is blowing up all day. You oh, get yeah. Bleacher Report? No, no, no. I got, it tells me about all the deals and things like that. Uh, so listen, I, think, I, I, I got to limit my distractions. If I keep getting, um, there's no, no. I thought you were like sort of retired now. Like, what? <laughs> you listen, made all that money. No, semi-retired. Oh, yeah. yeah, semi I'm trying. They keep pulling me back in. I know. <laughs> Not me. I'm out. Andrew's yeah. handling it all. I just kind of show up here. And, I'm going to have a stroke soon. Oh, yeah, it's my it's, turn next. Don't even say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't go there. But yeah. so, um, you know, Bleacher Report pumping out all the trades, uh, it's 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 how about biggest, atlanta that's, that's a huge that's disappointing that's a, well, See, I mean, well first they, well, freeman's not, Freeman. Freeman's not coming oh, back. oh he's not coming back no i thought he was that is a wow. Wow. awesome yeah. so uh Olson's a good player he's a good player shoot, man. yeah so and i've seen the, the trade with the yankees with uh sanchez yeah uh, rizzo's gonna go back rizzo's, yep. rizzo's gonna go back for two years oh wow no to, to not go back to chicago with the yankees oh okay good okay did they get carrera not yet. That's not done yet. Okay. I know Houston's still working hard on that. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, but, you know, but th this is what's fun about baseball. I mean, I, I, you know, the offseason and, you know, for years, you know, you just call it the hot stove and they talk about trades and yeah. moving guys around and, you know, how are you going to better your club? Who's not spending the money? Who's spending the money? And uh, now with the new, you know, the uh, uh, competitive balance tax, the CB, the CBT. I saw it today also. Uh, they're going back to uh, the draft and follow. So yeah, I heard that. that's huge. Yeah, that's, that's massive. Huge. So, I, you know, I talked to a few of my scout buddies and, uh, you know, that's, that's really, <laughs> yeah. that's important, man. Well, that gives a kid that opportunity. To absolutely. And give you the right. So, I mean, yeah. listen, Juco baseball has been on fire for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Now with that draft and follow Juco baseball is going to be even better yeah. than it ever has been because of, you know, that draft and follow, you know what I mean? You want that money. You got 10 months to prove that why you deserve it. You go to junior college, blow up and you know what? Yeah. Before you go back into the draft, now you got two options. You could they could offer you the money that you want, or you go back into the draft and go wherever you want to go. You know, yeah. Is, is anyone standing out to you guys right now on the college baseball circuit that you didn't expect to? In terms of teams, teams, players, anything. Uh yeah. So, Maryland. Uh, I've been seeing Maryland. Maryland got on. They were on fire. Liberty too. Liberty's Liberty. Liberty. Well. Yeah. Liberty, Liberty had a big uh, series against Florida that yeah. they took two out of three. Uh, you know what's impressive with college baseball now that Friday night. It's anybody's game. Like anybody, like oh, anybody sure. could be anybody right on Friday night. With the right arm, son. I mean, you know. you know, you know. Usually it was like Friday night. Like the Power Five has their Friday night guy going, and it's pretty much, you know, schools would always throw off right, right. there at two, then they one on Saturday just to see if they could get a game out of the you know series. But now, you know what I mean? The great matchups. I mean, like, yeah. listen, there was a great matchup down this weekend in South Carolina. South Carolina took two out of three from Texas. I mean, that was huge. After getting swept by Clemson. After getting swept by Clemson. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. you know what I mean? To beat the number one team and in the Cle country. Clemson just lost to Georgia State. Oh, oh yes. And see, there's, there's so much there's so much parity. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we, we see it here. Like, I, I'm telling you, when I went to watch Division three baseball, Marietta and – Christopher Newport, I know, could play in this conference right here. Mm. 
That's how good, that's how schooled they were, and that's the type of athletes they had that they had there. Phenomenal, right? Double-A players, we see them all the time out mm -hmm. here, big, strong, whatever. There's a lot of parity in the game. And then COVID pushed a lot of guys down yeah. mm -hmm. in the, to the divisions. So you have, you know, you have D1 players at D2 levels, D2 players at D3 levels, and even D1 players at D3 levels. I've, you know, I've seen it. We have one playing at Washington and Lee. That's yep. a D1 player that, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that is, you know, chosen academic route. Um, and what's great with the college season going on right now, all the local guys, the Charlotte guys are pretty, I mean, they're doing yeah, really, yeah. really good. Yeah, like yeah. Pete Cavanaugh over yeah. at uh, uh, UNC Greensboro. I mean, he's, I mean, he's terrible. Oh, Preston Cavanaugh. Preston, no, Preston, yeah, he's yeah. Preston. Preston, Preston I mean, he did it as a freshman. But now I mean, like, he's like you just look at it and be like, where, 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 you know what I mean? Like, he was a good high school player, right? But you never think that he'd be leading, you know what I mean? Like, right. the, the Division One level at that level. And I mean, we got a lot of Quiet local guys. Quiet kid, great family, most polite kid that we probably ever coached around here. And he went on to play in different organizations as well. But, you know, and you know, just again to go back. Not only is is he uh, is pressing a good player, his his family's phenomenal. His family's huge. I mean, Supersad is. Oh yeah, they're they're out here. Yeah, I mean, so. they, they've been tremendous to us. So that's just you just brought that out. That has nothing to to do with it. But you know, listen, you got you got to get to that next level. It's fun, and that's when we talk to when we talk to Pat today. You know, the, the development, the mental side of it. Mm -hmm. Some kids can accept that next level yeah. and and adjust mentally because physically. They're almost all there, right? Yeah. They're almost all there, um, and then on the on the mental side, that's that's the separator. Yeah, this is another level. I mean, and I'm super excited when you guys sent yeah. me a text this morning about Pat. Like, like so many people miss this part of the game as far as the mental part of the game. You know what I mean? Or they look down upon it, right? Or if they're struggling, they don't want yeah. to talk to anybody, or the Listen. adults don't know how to handle a, a kid, or you know, I mean, a student athlete that's handling you know other stuff that's that they need See, help with. And we all need to have an open, open discussion and have the door wide open and be like, hey, if you're mentally struggling or if you're, you're, you're feeling something, you need to come to me. And if I don't have the answers, I could reach out to the right person and we could get help because help is what a lot of people need. And we're all scared. So, and again, this is this isn't mental health. This isn't like, you know, there's somebody's, you know, off their record. This is this is another tool that helps these guys prepare going forward because i've said this all along andrew's heard me say it, and we and andrew will use it with his guys too when uh we're coaching it's a trickle down in our organization one you never know who's watching so you better be prepared mentally for that right mm -hmm. whether you think it's a guy sitting in a lawn chair behind right, the, the outfit the other thing is you're going to get to this point really quick where everybody in the other dugout can do exactly what you guys can do in your dugout physically. Yes. Right. It's the mental preparation. It's the uh, it's the approach. It's, yes. You know it's yep. you know there's a lot to it. So when we bring when we bring Pat on, like yeah. I'm really excited because I've, absolutely we've had some good conversations him and I. Um, uh, you know, prior to this, um, I've witnessed uh, you know the his work in mm -hmm. progress and and i'm seeing it take hold you know one of our players yep uh so it's it's really it's it's important you know years ago when, when i was playing we had you know they tried to they had a team psychiatrist psychologist whatever and you know they they made me go to him because i it's, fought everybody it's, it's like uh yeah <laughs> so you, this is you know i already you had yeah. the guy you had the guy from uh what was the movie uh uh bill durham like losing is a disease oh, yeah. what movie was <laughs> yeah. that from that they were that they were That's losing right. yeah. uh, or no it was uh um the guy that hit the home run the lefty into the lights uh the natural oh, oh the natural, the natural. Yeah. remember when they were losing yeah. and they brought the psychiatrist out there and he was like losing is a disease but this is <laughs> this is different stuff i mean these, so it's just like it's like strength and conditioning and weight training and yep. all that other stuff like this is just another tool you it's have just to. as important as strength and, training you know we'll get into it pat i'm, I'm sure pat will you know you know yeah 
emphasize the, 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 the stresses and the anxieties that are, cause I had them, you know, I, I mean, the, 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 you know, there's no doubt about it. You take the field and, you know, you go one, you go into spring training, you're, you're all excited, but you're making a team and you, you know, you're looking around and you're sizing everybody up and there's angst to that. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, uh, um, there's, a, there's nerves to it. You know, there's nerves to, uh, not, you know, performing the way you should perform. And then, you know, like I told you, when we were at the gala, you know, Grady Little, I was batting a hundred in a ball. And, uh, my oh, mind God. was like, oh my God, grind this out. And I was overworking myself to the point where, you know, it was mental. It's like, my God, I'm going to be released. Yeah. I'm going to be out of here in a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fortunately Grady saw something other than I didn't see at that point. Like, you know, he just needed to change, he needed a mental break from what he was a restart. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I got and, you know, one of the double A and then obviously, you know, it, I end up, you know, playing for 14 years and you get five in the big leagues and the rest um, is history. But you know, you, you, you know, some people don't learn from those, mm-hmm. those scenarios. Yeah. So people like Pat um, and other, you know, mental performance coaches, because many organizations have them out there. Um, they're just giving you tools to get over humps. Of course. You know, they're not like, you know, you're, you're crazy and we got to medicate you. That's yeah. not the mental side. No, no, no absolutely anymore, not. So. I, I, yeah. absolutely. I, and I but, think that's where the, 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 the negative persona on, you know, talking to someone that could help you through mentally. They, they just think that it's, you know, I have a problem. And look, Springer, Springer's done it with hitting. The yeah. mental approach to hitting, the mental approach to everything, the mental everything. approach to preparation, you know, the willingness, the unwillingness. So, yep. but, uh, so we'll, let's give us a couple seconds. And we'll get to it. We're not going to go yeah. there yet. So I want to talk about, uh, the, uh, all-star game that we're going to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, uh, we picked a date. It's, uh, it's going to be you deserve a chance foundation, UDACF all-star game, June 8th and 9th. It's free for the players. It is free for the players. We are going to charge gate for those that want to come and, 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 and watch everything. It'll be recruited. Um, but you know, obviously all the proceeds will go to UDACF and what, uh, what and age group. So we're going to do, we're going to do, I mean, on class, I mean, yeah. eight, uh, on, on the first day, uh, which is the eighth, we're going to do an extensive pro style workout in a home run derby. So we're going to have two different, two different. And then on day two, we're going to have two nine inning games, um, freshman, sophomore game. Okay. Junior, senior game. That's good. So we'll have scouts, uh, major league scouts and, and recruiters there. And it'll be, you know, it'll be done right, obviously, you know. That's but good. Uh, And we're going to select kids from not just in our area. So it'll be basically a north-south type of game. It'll be a you deserve a chance north-south. So we'll take kids out of South Carolina to play against kids from North Carolina. That'd be and cool. we'll take them from all over. They don't have to just be here in Charlotte. That'd, that's, um, a, that's a great opportunity. So, yeah, it's trends. And it's like I said, it's free for the players. So we're excited about that. You know, nobody's doing any of that stuff. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll move forward. But we want to bring awareness to Use It Over Chance Foundation, which we support, you know, kids that are underserved, that don't have the opportunity to stay in the game or can't afford to be in a certain situation that they should be that could create not only uh, opportunities and experiences in the game, but upward mobility for, uh, you know, for them and their family. So that's great. So to break through that ceiling. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And the other thing I want to I want to bring up is um, Allie Faber. We'll be coming on here, the stretch lady. Oh yes, yeah. That's uh, that's worked with Dylan, and um, it's another, it's a, it's another, a, another great tool to have. To, it is, yeah. Listen, I, and like, bringing tools on. I mean, dude, was a toozy kind of show. Yeah, Shape is stepping <laughs> up the game here. Like, you know what I mean? I know, man. Well, you guys last week, like, I was like a little bit frustrated. Well, I like, mean, that's, listen, when we talking on Zoom and you're like distracted, no, these guys are distracted. I mean, they were that, watching. What I tell you what, yesterday. Holy cow. And, 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 and then he froze again, up. Never again. And he kept freezing. Oh, my. 
Dude, Henry John, like, oh yeah, yeah absolutely, game. yeah. What? What was that? And then he kept freezing up. So we are, we're, it was just, oh, uh, I'm like, it was a weird chat. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm at it. But I was like, you they, know, like, are you watching the game? Or are we doing? They were definitely watching the game. They wasn't doing yeah. a podcast. Henry yeah. John definitely did a did a. Queens was playing well, you know. All right. Well, so we were talking well. We were like, enjoy, you know, it was our moment. Well, you not kept, there. You kept yeah, we not there. So five five minutes. minutes. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to make sure next time you're here, he's going, well, the Wi-Fi. Oh, Wi-Fi. Of course. Of course. But it's right, it's right yeah, there. It's right, of course. Right above the ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. So, Listen, you know. when, when, uh, when what when you're not around the, the, the oh yeah yeah yeah, the, 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 yeah there you go <laughs> it's something like that <laughs> something like the that the cat's not around yeah yeah something. yeah that's old one man that's I, a, listen, like your age. age I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but Allie will be here um what? she's been huge you know she's a she's a uh, like a physical therapist no when is she gonna be here well we're probably gonna try and get her on next week okay um since we you know I'm, we won't be doing this Friday uh I'll Sky's be I'll, Let's bring it. Let's bring on our, our, yes. our special guests, and I'm going to try to cover this because I asked them for some 411 to make sure that um, you know I present this thing right. So I'm going to read. I'm not a good teleprompter guy. By the way, Zelensky reads a teleprompter better than Biden. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> where, just so where you know did that, that come was from like today. <laughs> today he addressed Congress, so any, that's it. Any, so. any show that uh, Shafe could throw a jab, he's throwing it in there. Yeah, man, I can right. I can do that. And I got you see the baseball I got from Gossage. No, I've I haven't listen. I've been. I can't. I can't. I'll, I'll uh, show you after uh, the show. I can't. Uh, I can't bring that one on the show. Okay. But uh, it was. Uh, it was. It's tremendous. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Special guest Pat Fenson, mental performance coach uh, with his company, his own company, One um, Three Zulu, is his company. Okay. He's a former Army Special Forces Green Beret. I was in the Army after 31 years of service. Pat, thank you for your thank service. You for service. Thank you so much for that. And uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, following his Army career, he went on to grad school, studied performance psychology in order to continue his passion helping and train mentor elite performers, which are soldiers that he's, he's changed, and, and uh, probably everybody in the business world or whatever, and athletes. Um, uh, he's trained and mentored organizations, athletes, and leadership and performance factors, ranging from the NFL and M MLB teams to uh, individual athletes athletes and special operators so pat thank you for being here um this is uh this is an important show we have a we have a a, a good base that uh not only enjoys the humor that we we get to we get to throw around here but you know the you know the the details of uh certain things that enhance careers uh and and help these guys move forward and perform better on the field so um thanks for being here and uh you know let's uh Let's dive into this. So, how do you go from military training, special for, uh, special ops type of guys to athletes? What's what's the parallels here? How does that? How does how do you trans out of that after thirty one years into this world? Yeah, it's a neat story. First of all, I'm start by thank you guys for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, guys, there's a lot of similarities with when it comes to performance with athletes and elite military personnel. I'm a big sports nut, you know, grew up playing sports myself. So a lot of the things 
that you know I attribute to my success, um, even bouncing back from failures, was things I learned on the ball field, whether it was baseball or football. I also spent a lot of time in the dojo. So as I progressed through the ranks, you know, I my process of thinking originated with sports. Yet I'm in the military and I wanted to be the best. <clears throat> so as I pursued that, um, you know, I had some opportunities and uh, made the best of them. Same thing we tell young athletes. And eventually became a Green Beret after about two years in the Army. So uh, 31 years altogether, 26 of them as a Green Beret. Um, during my time, especially as I got into senior ranks, some opportunities started coming my way. I think some of the elite pro teams, whether MLB or NFL, saw those similarities with special operation types. And they would come visit our units. And so that's where I built some relationships. And they would invite me to their organizations and vice versa. And I started seeing more the correlation of elite performers. And it was about 2005, 2006, I just returned from Afghanistan, that a good buddy, training partner of mine, uh, we were doing a lot of MMA stuff. He says to me, dude, um, you ever thought about sitting down with a sports site? And earlier in your show, you talked about you know, a lot of people hear that word psychologist or mental performance, and they think about, hey, there's something wrong with me. That was exactly what, what I thought. And I said, well, you know, I've been in the special forces for many years. I'm in a leadership position. I'm running teams. I don't think I need to sit down with a sports site. What are they going to offer me? And he's like, dude, you just don't know. Just give it a chance. And so I sat down with one, and she asked me this question that I often use now. How much of your job is mental and how much is physical? Easy answer was 90% mental. And I still believe that. And I use that line with athletes and I hear that same response. High percentage of my job is mental. The next question that was presented to me is, what do you do to prepare mentally? And I was dumbfounded, I couldn't answer that. If you ask me what my physical preparation, I could go down to the D, to the minute, to the intensity, whether I'm in a gym, whether I'm on a track, whether I got a pack on my back in a pool. I could, I could dissect my training plan, but I could not die, uh, you know, articulate my mental training plan. That caused me to go into this search. If I believe that 9% of my job is mental, what the heck am I doing to get better at it? And so um, I started working, and these tools, a lot of the tools I use now, they were presented to me, and I started, uh, you know, just really embracing it, reading about it, putting it into practice, and realizing you know, a lot of the training I received, even back to my youth days playing sports, set the conditions for that. But nobody really coached me on the next step. And so as I further, you know, investigated that, um, I just really refined the process. I was leading, you know, special forces organizations and, you know, elite performers themselves. Guys were absolute studs. Yet they would have these moments, whether it was in a training or a combat situation, where the pressure, the stress, anxiety, those things you mentioned earlier, Jeff, would really get to them. And unlike a game, freezing in combat often will cause catastrophic events to occur. 
such as, you know, getting shot up and losing one of your buds. A lot of times, if you're the individual that freezes, it's not you that gets injured. It's the guy to the left or right. And we don't want that, obviously. So we really started, you know, adjusting our training approaches. I believe in intense training. How you train is how you fight. That's, you know, a typical Army motto. However, those are words. When you look at action, do we really train as we fight? Is the intensity there? Are there unknown factors there? How am I processing stress? If it becomes routine, I got to up that bar. And so that really spoke to me. Um, that's how I trained, you know, within the gym, always pushing harder. And that's how we trained as a unit. So fast forward, I'm sharing these approaches with, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the Oakland Raiders at the time, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. They asked me to come down and talk about the combat mindset. So these are, whether it was a example like vignettes or actual tools I put into practice, not just me, but my comrades, um, we would share and we would see similarities. I remember one day, um, just hanging around the ball field down in the uh, brain pen, and I see the assistant GM just walking around. And I said to him, I approached him, I said, hey, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? Because I could just tell that gaze. And uh, he explained to me, he's, he's looking at the approaches in between drills. How are the players interacting? How are they resetting? And those are the same things I look for when I was running a special forces company or I was actually instructor training, those factors, those attributes, because I knew that individual is going to want more. And if they didn't have it, well, I'm going to give it a shot and approach them and talk to them about up in their game. A lot of it's on them at that point. Are they going to embrace that? Are they going to do something about it? Now, we could tell a guy all day long, you need to go to the gym, but until they tie up those laces and get their bus in the gym, Nothing's going to happen. So that really, you know, was towards the latter part of my career. Eventually I retired. And I said, what the heck do I want to do post-military? I have a passion for people that want to succeed in life. You know, because at the end of the day, baseball, football, even the military, you're only going to do it for a time. But there's an entire life to live. And so a lot of those things impact and set conditions for you to be a man, a woman, an athlete, dad, so on and so forth. So the mental skills that I embraced um, in my Army career not only made me a better Green Beret, made me a better leader, made me a better dad. I could hear more. I could advise more. I could, you know, mentor my kids. They all played sports. So, you know, that just thrilled me because that kind of set the, the direction of my life post-military. So then I went to grad school, eventually finished grad school, and uh, so we started working with clients. And I got I got a call last year. I would be interested in working with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies as a uh, mental performance associate, and specifically with their rehab guys. You guys talked about the impact of COVID earlier. Um, I think a lot of teams saw that that COVID year when minor league baseball didn't have games. Um, and then they came back. Some of those players were rushing to come back, arms were getting blown out, so on and so forth. So they saw an increase in players at the rehab level. 
and they didn't have a specific mental performance coach working with that population. So they asked me to come in, and uh, of course I took the job. Uh, what an opportunity it was. Uh, made some, met some great people. But more importantly, it helped me to put in practice a lot of those things that, one, I experienced, and two, that I learned in grad school when I was applying. So in a nutshell, guys, that's how I got into sports. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's about performance, elite performance. That's awesome. It is. So, you know, it, it, people don't uh, – anybody that has anxiety in work – there's anxiety in, in sports, in athletes, and probably to a greater, you know, a greater degree in a sense because you're under a spotlight, right? I mean, eyes are on you all the time. You're always being evaluated, constantly being evaluated, depending on what level you're at. Um, people are always looking at your numbers. You become like we call them like stat rats, right? You know, sheets in the in the in the in the clubhouse. You go in there like, what am I hitting? Where you know, where am I hitting? All this other stuff, and all that all that stuff become it, it, it creates anxiety. So. It was interesting. The, you know, slowing a head down is is an amazing thing. And I know that I didn't as a player early on, you know, skill dominates, right? Skill, skill dominates and, you know, you do certain things even though you're making mistakes, right? Then you get into an environment where, you know, everybody is skilled. Now you have to prepare to be playing at elite levels all the time. So the anxiety level keeps going keeps up. Going up. Um, you know, you're uh, you're – your your approach. So it's funny because I wrote down here. It's funny you say that because this, this is the thought I had this morning, Pat. Is that water is supposed to be good for us, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll drink more cups of coffee in a day than I'll drink water. And it's not that I don't like water. So the same thing. Same thing when we're talking about the athlete in the past. We would train more physical and very little mental at all. Either you had it coming through the game then because we didn't have coaches like Pat, or you didn't. So now you're taking all these gifted athletes that are bigger, stronger, faster. They've gone through this showcase environment, this uh, overanalyzed environment, the uh, the pressures of having to get a college scholarship, and I hope I get drafted, and you know to go on to this. Like so, these are different anxieties that that you know we had growing up, and because we didn't even think about it, you know. And especially with social media, social media amplifies everything that these kids and anyone that's in life going yeah. through because. You know, you see other people's lives and you think it's a reality where it's actually everything is put, not everything, but a majority of stuff put on social media is right. for show, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we just saw with Connor Griffin, did you see his mom's post yesterday? No, I didn't see it. I didn't she, see that post. she basically took every like negative comment that Connor's got, like overrated, hey, he's reclassed seven times, like all these negative comments yeah. that haters are going to hate, right? Yeah. Um, you just have that pressure that. I mean, I didn't even have that when right. I was a kid. I was I didn't have social media. Right. So, um, Pat, is that a uh, an ongoing issue that you're seeing with youth players, showcase players uh, in today's age? Yeah, that's definitely a concern. Um, and I saw with the uh, minor league players, you know, the, the thumbs up and thumbs down you get to tweet or whatever, they could set conditions for the day. And if they're taking that into the practice and then eventually into the game, man, I mean, that's like a cloud following you. You're inviting that. But that's part of the world. That's part of our world, too. So knowing how to regulate that and how to focus on the task at hand, um, what are the messages I'm allowing to sink into my head? And, and you know, if that seed's planted and it starts forming roots and that continues on, that could def you know, definitely affect performance. 
So, you know, you've seen a lot of that, and that is definitely a concern. Um, but again, it is the conditions we live in now. Social media is not going away. Yeah. So how do we help these athletes, these mm-hmm. performers, navigate this terrain? You know, we, we all grew up. We didn't have this like it was just mentioned. Um, the fun factor was a big thing. I remember playing baseball and just having fun, not having that ex- extra pressure. And I tell players, hey, the game of baseball brings enough pressure as it is. Now you know we're what? bringing all outside stuff and well, adding into the pressure. Yeah. You know, it's amazing that so we're talking about. We're talking about the pressures, right? I mean, I don't know that I felt because the same thing. I grew up playing with the same guys that I played with every year since Little League all the way up, right? So there was a comfort there. There was a security of the guys around you. The pressure is on nine-year-old kids right now. I mean, we had, we, like we heard the other day, not another, and we talk about this all the time, the poaching. A, an organization goes after a nine-year-old kid because he thought he was a good player. So now the parents are getting a phone call. The, kid, the parents are telling the kids, oh, you got to go play at this better situation instead of more more times than not kids just want to play with their friends right and enjoy it so the fun factor the fun factor in our game it's dissipated i mean it's still there to a degree but it's not it's you know it's it's definitely um it's it's watered down to a point and it's and it and a lot of this the stress and anxiety on these players come from behind the fence Mm -hmm. from the parents yeah. putting us on these kids and the expectations are just, yeah. you know, are just way too high. And um, so as soon as these kids that are very good run into a little bit of failure, it's, uh, it's, it's almost, fault. It, it's, well, it's always somebody <laughs> else's fault, right? But then it, it, there's a difficulty of them trying to navigate through it and figure out how are they going to get out of this funk because they walk around beat. Yeah. And I, and I, and I want to pick, pick it back off of what Jeff is saying, uh, because I mean, you're, you're, you're touching a topic that you know, a lot of us, we might not touch because, you know, Pat's involved into an elite level training with elite level athletes that want to get better. Pat, I mean, as a parent that just coming off through it, as far as having a, a kid go through the high school ranks and the travel ball ranks and uh, uh, college and now in the minors, can you talk and like, let's switch gears, how to help parents navigate the anxieties of, you know, have to always look for that, 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 that golden ticket at the end of the rainbow, um, you know, because the majority of the, the pressure that the kids face comes from at home, right? After a bad game, the car ride home. You know, like parents need to understand that we are putting a lot of this unnecessary pressure and anxiety on our kids where it shouldn't be that way. And we, we should, as parents, take a step back and just look for the betterment of protecting our kids. And how do, how do you help parents, you know, through courses of this type of situations? Yeah, uh, that's a great question and, and a very needed question. And, um, you know, a, a realm that, especially with up-and-coming athletes, you know, the, the nine-year-olds you guys are talking about through uh, middle school and high school, um, that pressure from behind the fence. So let me address it this way. You know, we've talked about life, especially us older guys looking back, reflecting back on life, how many life lessons we learned from the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as athletes, as a special forces guy, you know, I knew I couldn't make a mistake on the battlefield or when I was being evaluated at a high training. And we certainly don't want to make a mistake. This, um, you know, where mistakes could be catastrophical or, you know, get, get you taken off the mission 
when I talk to players, get you taken off the lineup. Yet, in order to get better, we have to reflect back on some of our strengths, our victories, and our mistakes. So creating an environment in a home where, you know, you should have, you could have, why didn't you? Instead of looking at some of those things and say, okay, I got moments of growth here. I could lead my young athlete into growth. We don't accept, you know, substandard attitudes or, you know, just having a, you know, carefree attitude about going after tasks. Not every kid's going to go four for four every night. And if you, if you, or th- there's some, there's some lessons in even going oh for four. And I was talking to, to one of my clients recently and it was so cool because the outcome, i.e. hitting a home run, was shared with me. And I think a lot of times parents, we look at outcomes. And sometimes I think parents, I, I know I did it when my sons played football, how the kid did on the field, we sometimes look at it as a reflection of ourselves. I'm doing well because my kid's doing well. That's Instead right. of supporting their growth. And so when, when I started getting that, hey, my kid missed a tackle, uh, you know, I might say, hey, tell me about that. What happened in that play? And I'm not going to beat him up over it because it's done with but what I'm going to do is challenge him and say, hey, let's talk about that. Let's let's go about it. How are we going to practice better? Do you want that to happen again? Yes. No, Dad. Okay, well, let's do something about it. So, you know, in this environment where stats are looked at constantly and your value as a person um, can be seen as how you're doing statistically, I mean, that's wrong. Yeah. But that development of the child or the young athlete in the process is key. You know, one of my favorite quotes is Bill Walsh um, said, you know, the culture precedes the, the, the positive results. What is the culture on that team? What is the culture of the home? Okay. It's not that everybody's a winner. That to me is not the right culture. It's, it's about the grind. It's about the grit. It's about tying up your laces and getting back after it. Okay. And looking at it, hey, because I failed at this task, I'm not a failure. That's right. So, so yeah. you know, it's interesting to say that, Pat, because baseball is just it's riddled with failure, right? It's it's to us to us it's the greatest we think we heard it's the greatest self esteem destroying sport in the world. Yes. So, you know, there's more anxiety, there's more pressures, there's more everything, there's more opportunity for failure than there really is for success in what we do. Um, you know, especially if you're a pitcher or a catch uh, pitcher or a hitter. Right. In, the, in that in, the, in those roles. So, you know, learning to deal with that um, at a young level and, and the player that that Pat is working with is a junior um, committed player. Going to move on. And all this is part of not only being able to deal with the pressures that he's involved. That's now. And again, to the negativity and all the other other things that go 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 with that. But also preparing yourself like you're going to the gym, like you're you know, you do whatever, preparing yourself for the next level. You know, you're in this level now and you want to succeed as best you can, but you also have to look ahead and go, you know, I don't need to acquire those tools when I get there. I need to acquire those tools prior to, to getting there. So, you know, so for people that are out there listening, we're going to have we're going to have Pat's contact information um, for him. But, you know, it's not too soon to start. Um, realistically, Pat, I mean, sophomore when they get on a high school level, is that a, is that a good a, a good place? You know, 
as I work with more younger folks and with the demands of the sport, um, I think it's important to catch that early on. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean it's a weekly session or monthly. That talk has to occur, you know? And so as that athlete is progressing and getting into travel, you know, travel ball as an example, or competing for a spot on a roster at a, as a local school, I think it's important to have that conversation. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, the idea that everybody needs it, um, I'm not sold on that. I think it's valuable. What that need looks like, whether short-term, long-term, and we've seen it. You know, we've seen some folks just pick up a book and get motivated and do some self-investigation. Go for it. Good on you. Okay? Some some folks could use some mentorship. I'm one of those guys that use those mentorships. I love, you know, being coached and coaching. Um, so to answer your question, Jeff, you know, is it high school? It's hard to you know, context depends on that athlete too, the development of that athlete. Um, but, I, you know, I like the point you guys are alluding to, the importance of that support back home, you know, because <clears throat> when that kid or that young athlete comes home, there needs to be an environment that is safe for them to live. That's right. You know, it's challenging on the field. That's and especially right. if the value is I'm only good or I'm only liked if I do well. So, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, learning from the mistakes, um, coming back home and being able to navigate those and then just just listen sometimes. How many of us as parents, I'm guilty of it too, are quick with the advice. Sometimes it's learning because it is, it, it's amazing what these young athletes could do and figure it out. And then, and then that process of reflection is huge. There's a lot of times I work with, you know, down at the minor league camp, I would just listen to players and the light bulb would go off. And I was like, you know what? I didn't do squat. We just <laughs> navigated this, this process. You know, I saw that recently with the player Jeff's alluding to, you know, introduced some tools, some ideas, and they took, he took it to the next level. That's huge. And that's what we celebrate because that's success. That is success. And so continuing that and recognizing that and say, apply it like we would apply a home run. You know, and then they're going to continue. They're going to continue to grind. And guess what? Just like being in gym, the more times I press, the more times I'm feeling a ground ball, the better I'm going to get if I'm doing it right and if the environment is right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny that you just touched on a couple of things that uh, actually learned very, very late in uh, Ray and I's, you know, journey through this, uh, you know, this baseball career. Um, you know, as he was going through the youth level, high school, it's always like you said, it was quick to, to say something. Right. It's always like and, and not every time that they want to hear it. This past year when he was down in uh, uh, the GCL down in Florida and I would go visit him, I would go watch the game. Uh, we would go back to the condo, and I wouldn't even talk about baseball. We wouldn't even talk about what happened in the game. We'd just sit down and watch TV, and I've seen how our relationship grown more by me just being there just to listen to. If you wanted to talk about it, talk about it. If you don't want to talk about baseball, listen, this is this is a free zone. We're not even going to talk about baseball. And the more I saw that I stopped talking about baseball and about how, what happened today and everything else, 
him and I kind of grew more and he opened up more and talked to me a lot more as far as his feelings and things like that. And, and I would say, uh, I'm sure you experienced this, that's where some of the magic starts occurring. You know, it's like the conditions are set or the conditions are right for further growth and further investigation, you know? And so, you know, as we talk about in, in the mental realm too, I don't want this to sound like it's just a, safe zone, we talk and all that. No, there's some accountability to this. If I'm going to coach you, there's some accountability and accountability mm -hmm. is huge. But it's, that accountability is not, you have to go full for four, you have to be the stud every game. Accountability is, you know, were you prepared? Did you put in yeah. the reps? And, and did you give, were you present during the game or was your mind somewhere else? Mm -hmm. You know, were you a good teammate? Those factors, we call those, you know, the, the, the attributes of a individual, of an elite performer. And so those those things are important. I think one of my success in Special Forces was that, you know, I was a good team player. You know, um, I was a grinder. I wasn't the stud every time, but I was somebody you could count on. And when you have a team of guys and gals that you could count on that's going to be there, that team's huge. That culture is going to succeed. It's not going to win every time. And that's not how we're going to base, are they good, or are they valuable? But they're going to succeed because even in those losses, they're going to bounce back and they're going to want that win even more. And they're going to figure it out as a team, you know, whether I'm talking team concept or individual. So that's the environment you want in a home. It's the environment you want in a team. That's the environment I wanted, you know, in my units. And so, um, you know, it's those factors. And going back to what Bill Walsh said, to me, that's culture. You know, I think culture is so used, overused at times now. Um, you know, we bring in expert speakers to help develop that culture. And you got a culture, whether it's positive or negative, that's to be to be determined. You got a culture. Can we enhance that culture? What are we gonna do? And those are things that you know, I I love looking into. Yeah. So we we, we have Ray was at the Ray. Was, I I spoke a few weeks ago at the thing, and I talk I talk about identity. And character, right? Mm -hmm. And and character is long term, you know. And unfortunately, to a degree, as athletes, we tell people, "I'm a baseball player," instead <laughs> of saying, "I play baseball." Yes, you know. And then the then that becomes my identity. And if I fail in that identity, then I then I then I you know I then Those I kind of I, I lose yeah, that identity. Yeah. Then what what am I or you know or how that's going? So we're trying to get people to understand that. You know, I play baseball. I played baseball. I'm not a baseball player anymore, right? That's a short-term piece. But the person that I am and the person you want these guys to be going forward has a lot to do with how they handle, you know, what we're talking about, the mental side. The physical yeah. side, I think, is easy, right? Either you're, mm -hmm. you're a gifted athlete, and, you know, if you have the willingness to put the effort into your body and the practice and all that other stuff, you're going to have successes, mm -hmm. Okay, but that one piece that definitely puts you over the top, and I'll and I'll and I'll listen. I'm proud of this part. Is I was not the greatest player to play in the big leagues at all. I mean, I was good enough to get there. I was good enough to stay there for a period of time. But where I was above everybody else, and it wasn't through training. It's just because of my cultures, how I had to be brought up. I had to figure this out, and I, you know, fortunately, I was able to. Is that mentally, I thought I could play with anybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I knew and mentally I would, I could, I could see the weaker, the weaker animal out there and I could go after him mentally and find myself on the field in the better talents on the bench. 
Well, you was naive to your talent, right? You thought you was a lot better than what you were, so you played a lot better. A lot of people. No, no. I, I mean, a lot of people no, I, are, are, listen, are I, scared, and they, I mean, they're good, but they don't really believe that they could be better. Well, I mean, I think I always felt like I could be better. I don't, I don't never, you know, I mean, this game, you, you learn all the time. And if you're learning things, you're getting better mm-hmm. on top of if you're getting bigger, stronger, faster. So the physical, the educational and the, you know, and the, and the mental part of, you know, preparing and getting yourself set, that all comes together. It's like a trifecta. And I think, you know, obviously my skill set was good enough to be a big league. I was never going to be a hall of famer. I was, you know, you know, in my mind, I always felt like, a starter, yeah. but I wasn't a starter. That's my role when I got there. But, you know, to, to explain to these kids now that, um, you know. Trust the process. And, well, and again, they, 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 ha- they have more tools now and people like Pat that that can enhance their careers, enhance their opportunities in life. Because not only the tools that he's teaching, the player that he's working with right now, I know and I see it in the player, you know, is that um, he's going to be a better individual. He's going to be a better human being. He's going to be a better father, like all these other things that are talking because this game gives us all these experiences and all these opportunities that create our character. Yes. But if you lay into the identity part of it and you, and you tell everybody that I'm nothing but a baseball player, it's, it's, it's going to get you because this is a, this is a finite game, man. It, it ends, yeah. you got to hang it up at a certain point. And so, as coaches, I think that's our biggest, our biggest achievement or goal for our players, right? It's not how good we got them is how, how much they improved individually as personality. I mean, individually, you know what I mean? If they became a better person at the end of our tenure of touching them, where, you know, a lot of coaches pride themselves on trophies and everything else and how mm-hmm. good they get these kids and don't care about everything else outside of it. So Pat, Jeff, Jeff had a different mental prep. He had a different grit on the field than most kids we see nowadays on the field. It's more like, um, kind of robotic, not, not every kid. Okay. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not every kid, but you're seeing more kind of robotic. They're playing for highlight reels. Um, they're playing just to get into college, not as much past that. What do you see with kids that are coming to you now? What the, uh, general consensus is on why they need a, uh, a coach or someone like yourself. Is it anxiety? Is it, um, depression, depression, is it pressure? Is it stress? I mean, what, what is that overwhelming factor that you're seeing? Um, you know, I don't know that there's an overwhelming factor because it's in individual dependence. You know, a lot of, there is a lot of anxiety and stress behind it. Where that is rooted from is what I like to try to investigate. You know, that's through me navigating some things, understanding the context of that individual. Um, <clears throat> just like we spoke earlier, it could be external. Um, it could certainly be internal. And generally, it's a combination of. Um, you know, when you're talking about grit and with those highlight moments constantly being captured and put on social media, one of the things I look at is what is going on behind the scenes when the camera's not on. You know, I think it was Stephen Curry talked about um, how many shots he took, free throws, three pointers, when nobody was in the stands and lights were turned off. And so, I, I think about that and I look at, you know, what is that individual doing behind the scenes pre-season starting? Are they willing to get after this? And trying to navigate that, you know, to the point where we're, we're doing injects into their daily plan to improve that. So that as you connect those dots, there's it's leading to success. You know, I use a military land navigation term, 
which direction is my compass pointing? And let's get after the azimuth. What's on the azimuth? I don't know what's a mile down the road. I could predict, but I know what I'm going to do in order to keep stay on the right direction. So what's the overwhelming thing? Uh, you know, yeah, it could be anxiety, it could be stress, uh, but it may, it ha you, you, from my perspective and what I do, trying to get to what is that individual facing, where does it come from, but how are we going to navigate through that? Because I can't tell you stress is going to go away. How important are, are um, journals in the process? Yeah. I think journals are huge. Um, I had a player down at camp, uh, down in Clearwater, uh, kind of looked at me like I had something going on my forehead. And for a time, it was hard for me, you know, because I'm a type A, and uh, for Green Beret to say, hey, I think you need to journal sometime. And uh, it was hard for me to even conceptualize. <clears throat> but when I did it, I was able to really get what subsurface out on there. And I was able to look at it and reflect. Now, is it something I did every day? Certainly not. When I was in Afghanistan, I journaled regularly just to help my blade stay sharp mentally. Okay? Because that's what was required. That's what I owed the guys. That's why I owed the nation. So I used that approach to, hey, if we're going to improve performance and we're going to track how we're doing off-season training, you need to write these things down. A lot of guys will journal their workouts at the gym. You'll see them around. Why not do it in the mental side? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's huge, Jeff. Yeah. So, Pat, I have a question. Um, and this is, what are some, like, key points for, like, players or parents to, you know, when we're looking at our kids or when we in the fire, we don't ever see that there's an issue, right? What are some, like, like red flags or something that hey that player needs like hey we need to help him like or like there's some some outside source that need to come in so he could talk to or i don't know if i'm question uh phrasing it right but what are some of the signs that we could see looking from afar to help our athletes yeah you know, get the professional training like yourself so ray some of the stuff you get into is in the, it's really in the clinical side as well which, you know, that's not my background. Mm -hmm. uh, like, what is taking place in the individual? Now, they could certainly get into that mental readiness and mental performance realm. You know, some of the red flags may be if they're not prone to or in the past, if they haven't thrown, you know, tantrum or just lost it on the field, and then you start seeing this, maybe the pressure is increasing. Why is that? Um, you know, there, there are times where I'm not going to say it's acceptable, but, you know, after a strikeout and you thump the bat, maybe not a big deal. You do it every time or you're throwing it in the dugout, um, then that becomes problematic, no? So you start looking at these indicators of their performance and their behavior. And we're talking behavior issues too, right? Um, so if they're just not having fun going out there, they're – Probably something you know deeper down. That may be a clinical side, uh, getting involved in that. But the performance side, you know, the red flags to me is, I don't, I don't want to play anymore. Why not? You know, and I had a couple of cases of that. 
when you're talking to minor leaguers and they've been grinding at it and they, they've got Tommy John, you know, maybe two TJ surgeries, um, that hurdle getting over rehab is, is monumental. Again, upper in age category, you know, from my perspective, I was like, you're 25, 26, you think you're old? But then I understood from their perspective, the context. Yeah, their draft class, these guys are fancy, and I'm still here grinding out because of rehab. And so they started losing that love of the game. And I, I and I'll sit down with them. I sat down with this individual. Is it clinical? Or are we talking performance? And we're going down that road. Good. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we want to make sure that, uh, so Pat, uh, we get Pat's email address and phone number. Um, so people can reach directly yeah, we'll out post, to them. we'll post that in the comments right after the okay, show. Okay, so we'll yeah. post that in the comments yeah. after the show. And um, Where are you located? Where are you He's down in Greenville. Oh, he's local. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just, Greenville, South Carolina. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. So there's, uh, you know what, uh, you and I need to talk off the off the thing because a parent seminar explaining the pressures that are put on these kids and the things that you have to try to help correct and navigate through would be something – I think I, I, I think every organization out there should yeah. have something like that where you know you show up and you yeah. you just you kind of lay it out. It's, uh, and a coach seminar too for coaches to handle the mental stress and the mental pressures that they put on a lot of these kids just to win. Yeah, I mean it's and it's it's you know I mean it, in, our, in our world, Pat, like like again, you're training soldiers every single year. It's it's uh, we're on a hamster wheel in our in in our baseball world because we get new players and new parents every year and. You know, th this is a piece that uh, that many are not educated on, and um, and you know, and parents, to a degree, can't help themselves, but they don't know how to help themselves yeah. in terms of, you know, this is okay. I know where I'm going with this, um, and uh, you know, they 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 can regroup and you know make the. Ex I mean, listen, not everybody here is going to the big leagues, not everybody here is going to college, and everybody here is going to play in high school, but the experience and the opportunities that this game brings. It's huge for everybody that gets involved, and uh, and if it's not enjoyable, and you got pressure on you at nine years old, you know, what ten years old, or you think you got to go win a trophy, do whatever, and not just kind of enjoy the moment. I'll tell you, what, and I, and we'll we'll kind of end with this, but you know, last summer, I coached a team that we won one game all year, the eleven U team. It was good coaching, man. That one game, I was awesome. <laughs> That was outstanding, but you know my point was they weren't up. They weren't up to speed. They weren't as talented as everybody else. It wasn't physical, but you know I, they, we had fun, mm -hmm. and they showed up every week, and they were ready to go, and they were ready to learn. And you know what? And, and you know we got beat, but you know there were there were positives along the way, and emphasize the positives, and try to educate them on you know on how to get better and the things that we didn't do well. But you know, so I, that was the last thing that I wanted to do was put pressure on a group of kids that you know that just wanted to enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we lose that piece, you know. I mean, everybody's worried about how we look and how, you know, whatever. If, if you can't enjoy playing this game, you need to move on because right. it is it will eat you up. It will eat you up. Um, so, well, Pat, um, we appreciate you coming on. I want to do this again. Uh, you and I will talk again off of, offline at some point because I think that parent seminar is something that uh, that's necessary. So you might want to start journaling that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's an important piece. Um, you know, look at reflecting back from my time as a parent in a stand, yep. and uh, sort of what I see now. You know, so combining those perspectives, or giving parents even tools. Because you know, ultimately, yeah. what do we want as parents? What do we want as older citizens? You know, as oh, one 
We want, our athletes, we want our athletes to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, success is defined. I mean, I can't, I can't define success for my kids. Yeah. And I can yeah. set conditions for it. And, you know, I just, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to be here and then speak with you guys and, um, and we'll talk about some of the things I just am passionate about. This nation gave a lot to me. Sport of baseball gave a lot to me. You know, when I deployed Afghanistan, I took my baseball gloves with me. I had another teammate who loved baseball just as much as I did. And in our off time, when we had to, you know, just put the mission behind us, we take a, uh, our, our glove and ball and we just play catch. And we had, we had a great time with it, you know. But being able to balance life was key. You know, that was Bob, – Bobby was my teammate. That's how he and I, you know, regulated – the the demands of the battlefield same thing with these you know things we can teach coaches and parents and when they come home hey let's not add to that pressure let's just hold them accountable but let's help them navigate this because this this thing called life is certainly filled with pressure and we want them to succeed in that well we we appreciate you pat and we're gonna get the uh, we're gonna get your information up there obviously anybody can call in here get touch with andrew myself or ray and We'll uh, we'll pass that on. Hopefully, uh, you know this is this is important stuff. It's an important piece of the game. We're really I'm appreciative of what you've done for the player that you're working with uh, in our organization. And um, you know it's 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 proven to me. Uh, I've never really been in the environment when felt like we needed it. But but the reality of it is, it's like water in your body, man. You, you need that. You need the mental, uh, the mental training as much as you need the physical training Absolutely. every single day. So, Pat, thank you, and uh, we'll be back in touch with you soon. Appreciate everything, thank Pat Fenson. Looking forward to having you again. Thank you. That was, that was that was awesome. Yeah, man, that was that was gold right there. I mean, for yeah. the people that wait, we're we're not we're still alive, right? Yeah, we're alive. Oh, yeah. Okay, you just yeah, we're alive. No, I mean for just the people that's watching. I mean, these are like golden nuggets that they got for free tonight. Yes, yeah, it's, it's you know it's it's worth the investment you know in 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 the psyche of your kid on the field mm-hmm. you know because you don't know what the, what damage this this game can do to you know to right. you. I mean it's you it's, know this is a, like you you nailed it on the head this game is such a horrible not a horrible game but no. it's so hard and it's, it's like tough. so cruel there's yeah. no there is it's not it doesn't be it's not nice to you and then mm-hmm. also then you're trying to hit a moving ball it's the hardest thing to do in any sport dude are you serious I can't I can hit that ball moving better than I can hit a golf ball. And Get I know you can't. I'm serious. Get out of here. All right, Andrew. Listen, Andrew played with me. I don't He's listen. not that bad. Listen, not listen. Bad. If I'm an example, just when you drink, if you can get some lessons and hit a golf ball, <laughs> yeah, you're straight. Dude, anybody can do it. Right there. But anybody can't hit a fastball. We're listen, play, listen. We're, play, we're playing down at Myrtle Beach. Jed Rusman, Rasmussen is good. Another good athlete in his day. And we're looking at this ball that's stationary. Yeah, and it's going all over the house. Uh, Listen, after you have a fifth of vodka, I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, I I think that's a problem. I can hit a drive straighter if I throw it up and hit it with my putter down the fairway. Can I do that? Sure, we're going to do that next time. Let's go. All right. Live show from the course. Yeah. Yes, that would be great. uh, What's the comment? We got a comment up there. But, no, I think that, I mean, having Pat on, it was was great. Look out. Me and Kyle's going to go golfing one day. We got to go out there. Listen at the at the at the uh, the UDA uh, what's UDA, the golf? UDA yeah. CF golf tournament. It's too many too many letters to say out, but that is <laughs> <laughs> too many letters. Part partner, uh, me and Kyle, we're gonna be partners. There you I mean, go. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna partner up. Bring it on. Don't worry, Kyle. Make you, you look you good. You have to compete against the sandbagging Zyke family. 
yeah. Oh, uh, 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 Parentha just got to bring the gummies. Uh, and yeah, good. she always yeah. does. Yeah, those. Yeah. Uh, my game awesome. gets better. Well, I don't know about better. So that was uh, that, that was, was awesome. good, man. And then yes. so I mean, we're gonna bring more, you know, more along the lines here, more guests on as we uh, as we as we go forward oh, uh, with some with some information. And what's that? Chad, Chad is listening. Oh, is he? Okay. So, yeah, that ball wasn't moving, and we couldn't we couldn't do well with it. Well, I mean, when you're drinking a fifth of vodka, the ball is moving. No, it's it not. It's not moving. No, but it, it looked was, like it's moving. It was a flask of bourbon. It wasn't uh, a fifth of. Same vodka. Thing. Hit the middle one. Hit the, the middle fl- one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was a flith of vodka. But um, yeah, so um, so we'll have Allie here. That's uh, that's yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, that's another. That's huge. That's another. She's she's worked with Dylan, and uh, you know, Dylan had groin issues. I mean, he's flying around the bases. His body's different, movement's different. I mean, always always a fast twitch guy, but you know, flexibility is huge in our game, and that's something that is we've really many, just static stretching. How many? Yeah, static stretching. I mean, that's like the thing of the past. How many times, like before a game, right? You go, hey, all right, the team finish. Your team is on the field. Guys don't stretch at all. They grab their glove, run to the outfield, start throwing about 10, 15 feet, like, all right, I'm ready to play. Like, yeah. you just sat down for two to three hours, not moving any of the major muscles, and you're getting ready to play in 30 minutes, and you didn't even stretch. Nope, that's party preparation. Yeah. And you know what? For me, stretching at that point, you know, that that's a good place to, to do your mental training. Too, mm-hmm. as yes. you're going through. Yes. I mean, you can, you can hybrid the whole thing, but... Again, you got to uh, if you're not if you're not tough mentally in this game, I promise you, it's going to eat you up and spit you out. We see it every day out here. We see all these dudes that move on to the next level, right? All these high school legends and all these small field legends that come up, and all of a sudden. And I told these guys when I was when I was speaking at that thing, it's like, listen, dude, enjoy your time now. Be the big man on campus. But as soon as this high school uniform or the showcase uniform comes off and you go into the next uniform, you're no longer a big man on campus. No, you're not. And you're climbing a ladder. And there are, that's when the animals show up mm-hmm. because the animals want your job. Yes. And that's another thing that you have to deal with mentally is that the, everybody that's competing for you, listen, you know when you when you, when you you go to college like a freshman, you feel great, man. Yeah, I've been recruited here and I'm going to go there and I'm, you know. Guess what? The minute you get in there, guess who they're re- they're recruiting somebody behind you? Yeah, it's 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 a factory. They're going to keep coming behind you. Same thing in the big leagues. I remember, I remember being in the minor leagues on the fields, uh, um, and and the big league stadium for spring training was right there, mm-hmm. and they would announce the starting second baseman or the starting shortstop, <laughs> and I would get pissed. Yeah, you know, right and myself. I and I would scream out, "Coming for your job!" You know. Ah. So now I'm thinking, now I'm up there, you know, X amount of years later. Someone's some, saying, "Hopefully there was somebody." Yeah. Not now, but again, I think that that's kind of that's changed. I don't know that these kids are as aggressive and hungry to go after it. I think they just kind of, there's been a sense of mm-hmm. entitlement. You know, you paid your check, you got on this team or whatever. Yeah. There's some, there's some national teams that, yeah, you know, you got to earn your way on, but the bulk of our industry is basically pay to play, pay to play. Well, I think that's a, that's, you know, that's another, that's another uh, podcast. I mean, we could talk about the whole show mm-hmm. on that, but I think, you know, from a lot of the older generation, you had to earn everything you got, right. You had to earn a trip to go out of state playing baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Like like going to the new um, uh, apartments in New Mexico for the Conor World Series. Right. I mean, you couldn't just sign up for that. You had no, to win no. out had to make your the state. Team. Had and, to make the team. Yeah, and then the get there, and it was it was a different pride. But, I mean, I feel right now it's a lot of – I mean, it's, I mean, it's a lot of the parents to blame too. I mean, I, I'm one of them that we give our kids so much and we bring them to so many different things where it doesn't feel like special anymore for the kids to be like, oh, I'm at this event. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not, you know. So 
I think that's, I mean, I know Andrew bleeds USA baseball, you know, and it's yeah. a big part of us. I mean, every, you know, every, every piece of wardrobe in his house is USA baseball now, and he's done a great job with it. And he's, you know, he's, he's establishing himself in that, yeah. in that realm. The beauty of USA baseball, and we've said this many times before, is you have to earn your check gets you a chance to make a team. Your check doesn't put you on a team. Doesn't give you like this sense of entitlement. It's right. just how it goes. And the monies that are, that are done, and you know, and again, there's haters everywhere. We talked about it earlier in the show, whatever. People that hate USA baseball, they think it's a cash grab. Guess what, dude? How do you support your national team? I mean, you got every, everything is paid for. Everything is, is going for. for. You have the ability to get there. So you know, yeah, yeah. There, you know, there's there's few stupid. But you're gonna go to a showcase event at a university where you're never gonna play at. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go to Clemson, and you'll never be a Clemson player. Right, you're gonna go somewhere else. You never, you know. So the 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 reality of it. So, um, but you'll pay to go there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So opportunities and experiences, we talk about that all the time, are things that are missed. Okay, in in this game. So, um, you, you gotta you gotta put yourself in situations to be challenged. I was talking to Pat before we we got on here, and we were talking about, you know, if you don't enjoy the fight and you don't enjoy the competition. You know, forget it. I mean, listen, we, I want, you know, somehow Dylan's team is ranked, right? Which you know how I feel about rankings. Yeah. They're, they're BS. But they haven't played a good team yet. Yeah. But they're ranked somewhere in there. So I'd much rather go and have a chance. It's, it's like a prize fight, right? You got all, I want to go in and fight that dude every single day. It's only going to get you And it's funny how a lot of these, a lot of these kids that we see now don't understand how to step up to that challenge. Because how many times a guy, a guy, a guy punches out or whatever early again comes back and goes, "Oh my God, he's throwing hard! Oh, oh my, my God, God. He's, he's throwing so hard! Oh, oh that's the dirtiest curveball I've ever seen!" They mentally, like, they mentally yeah. psych themselves out before the game. Right. Oh my God, we're facing and they this guy. The guy out that's coming up next. Yeah, I you mean, know? yeah. No, so, listen, you strike me out first at bat. I mean, watch out next dude, at bat. Listen, I, like, I want it. I like, I you know, how else are you going to get to the next level if you can't compete against the best dog? Because when you st- and I said, you know, we said this and put it out on a tweet. And that tweet went massive, you know, big is like, you know, you know, college kids have to watch college players mm-hmm. and you got to go ahead and you got to understand that that is a different animal. You just went from 550,000 high school players down to 33,000 players in college. Now whittle it down to a division one program mm-hmm. and how many of that. So you've gotten all the way through that pack. There's no fluff in there, man. Nope. There's no fluff nope. and the fluff gets eaten up and thrown out. I mean, this game just, you know, it starts it starts weeding out, you know, from 8 to 12 years old. This is the most played sport, yeah. I would say, in the U.S., right? right? Uh, and little league level. Mm-hmm. Then when they turn from 12 to 13, there's a drastic drop in mm-hmm. participation. It's not because they just lost the interest of playing. Mm-hmm. It's because now this game became hard. Now you got on the big field. Those little, little league home and runs. And more expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, if if this game, I mean, it's the the, the price of it is just going up. But we're this is this is these numbers are are factual for many, 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 many years when the game was just local. Right. We're from Little League to rec ball. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of now you have to have that grit and you got to you got to figure out a way how to get better. So and that's the point of somebody like Pat is whatever like this. This is a tool. This is something that, you know, that is needed. This is like going to the gym. It's the mind gym. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's going to prep yourself and it's going to get you ready for the successes and the failures because. You know, I promise you there's a lot of failures coming. I mean, I want, you know, I want to talk about talking about talking about Chad. 
yeah. uh, Bressman and his son Connor, one of the best hitters in the state, no doubt about it. Yeah. Every time he goes to play, you expect this kid to do damage. He yeah. had, I think he had three at bats last night, barreled up three balls, yeah. literally barreled. How many hits? Zero. How do you deal with that? Right. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. These stats yeah. are, you know, like, hey, man, I barreled up three balls. That's the name of the I game. Named, yeah, absolutely. Right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because, you know, I've seen him go and throw out four hits in a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, you know, there's different scenarios. But if you don't know how to deal with that mentally or you're fighting every at-bat mentally, you're going to take that back up there with you yes. again. You know, yes. this game this game is not played like a football player. You no. can't play under tension, right? So anxiety, stress, all these other things are going to create this this tension. This is a relaxed, loose game. You watch these guys at the highest levels. It's almost like this. It's effortless, right? You yeah. don't see anybody like Jojoed up and no, you know, and messing around. So you have to, you know, if you don't control the mind, you don't control the body. That's right. You can't take the, the body is not going to control the mind. The mind will control the body. So um, that's it. So Andrew, anything else? Anything else of importance no. here? We got uh, go online for the BIC events. We got some spots open for uh, out here at the Tuck, which is. Man, the field looks great. They're looking you know, getting getting really rain today, so they're good. going to green up. Yep. It's it's green up. It's going to burn out a little bit on us, and then the Bermuda will come back. Yep. But, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really, really, really green. And um, so, uh, but if you guys get a chance, go. You know, obviously, spring training games will be starting pretty soon. Um, go up. watch college baseball. Go to a college baseball environment. It's great. It's electric. Kids yep. are all into it. Oh my god! You know, it's, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's great. I mean, and it, and I, you know, and I saw that. You know, that's why I saw at the D three level when we saw that we were up at that uh, the event in Kannapolis. Is that, you know, what these kids are playing for the love of the game. Yeah. The odds of a Division three player going into pro ball very small, but very very small. It happens, but it's very small, right? Mm-hmm. So these kids are competing. They they they've built a, a network and a fraternity of brothers. You know, through the game, and they're competing at the highest level they're capable of competing for. Because once you take off that uniform after college, if you're not going to pro ball, that's it. It's over. We, we pick up golf. Our <laughs> <laughs> right, we do we do something along those things. Okay, so um, want to say thank you to EA Sports Fields. If you guys come out here and you see this facility, uh, Eddie Buskey and Hunter, his son, um, they built this complex. It's unbelievable. Super sod people. We want to thank uh, the Cavanaughs because they've been so gracious to us in terms of uh, you know the grass and stuff that's out here in the common areas and the sod that's on the fields. Um, uh, Architect Sports, Alan Tyson, you know, I've known Alan since 93. He was a trainer when I was with the Knights here. It's it, one of the best in the uh, in the city. Um, Ali Faber, we'll see her. And Blast Motion, Todd Freeman, that group out there. So we want to thank all those people for supporting us, uh, the Schaefer Baseball Report, and just about everything else we do out here. And we look forward to uh, – it'll be – a week from Friday when we come back yep. at this again. And uh, next Friday. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So going down to my son's, my grandson's nice. one year, man. That's awesome. One year. That is awesome. God That's, is good. God is good, dude. That's God right. is good. No doubt. All right. We appreciate everybody. Thank you. And uh, look forward to you soon. Peace out. Great show. <laughs>